This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read and recorded by Deborah Lynn in Northern Michigan, February 2007. Partingtonian Patchwork by B. P. Shalaber. 7. Are you in favor of the prohibitive law or the license law? asked her opposite neighbor of the relict of P. P., corporal of the bloody Levant. She carefully weighed the question as though she were selling snuff, and answered, Sometimes I think I am, and then again I think I am not. Her neighbor was perplexed and repeated the question, varying it a little. "'Have you seen the Mrs. Partington Twilight Soap?' she asked. "'Yes,' was the reply. "'Everybody has seen that. But why?' "'Because,' said the dame, "'it has two sides to it, and it is hard to choose between them. "'Now here are my two neighbours, contagious to me on both sides. "'One goes for probation, t'other for licentiousness, "'and I think the best thing for me is to keep nuisance.' "'She meant neutral, of course.' The neighbor admired and smiled while Ike lay on the floor with his legs in the air, trying to balance Mrs. Partington's fancy-waiter on his toe. 9. Christmas Ike was made the happy possessor of a fiddle, which he found in the morning near his stocking. "'Has he got a musical bent?' Banfield asked, of whom Mrs. Partington was buying the instrument. "'Bent, indeed,' said she. "'No, he's as straight as an error.' He explained by repeating the question regarding his musical inclination. "'Yes,' she replied. "'He's dreadfully inclined to music since he had a drum, "'and I want the fiddle to see if I can't make another pickaninny "'or an old bull of him. "'Jew's harps is simple, "'though I can't see how King David played on one of them "'and sung his psalms at the same time. "'But the fiddle is best because genius can show itself plainer on it "'without much noise. "'Some prefers a violin.' "'But I don't know.' "'The fiddle was well improved till the horse-hair all pulled out of the bow, "'and it was then twisted up into a fish-line. Sixteen. "'How limpid you walk!' said a voice behind us, "'as we were making a hundred and fifty horsepower effort to reach a table "'whereon reposed a volume of bacon. "'What is the cause of your lameness?' It was Mrs. Partington's voice that spoke, and Mrs. Partington's eyes that met the glance we returned over our left shoulder. "'Gout,' said we, briefly, almost surlily. "'Dear me,' said she, "'you are highly flavoured. It was only rich people at epicacs in living that had the gout in olden times.' "'Ah!' we growled, partly in response and partly with an infernal twinge. "'Poor soul,' she continued with commiseration, like an anodyne, in the tones of her voice. "'The best remedy I know for it is an embarkation of Roman wormwood and lobelia for the part infected, "'though some say a cranberry poultice is best, but I believe the cranberries is for erysipelas, "'and whether either of them is a rostrum for the gout or not, I really don't know. "'If it was a fraction of the arm, I could just know what to subscribe.' We looked into her eye with the determination to say something severely bitter, because we felt allopathic just then. But the kind and sympathizing look that met our own disarmed severity, and sinking into a seat with our coveted bacon, we thanked her. It was very evident, 
all the while that she or they stayed, that Ike was seeing how near he could come to our lame member and not touch it. He did touch it sometimes, but those didn't count. 20. I've always noticed, said Mrs. Partington on New Year's Day, dropping her voice to the key that people adopt when they are disposed to be philosophical or moral, I've always noticed that every year added to a man's life is apt to make him older, just as a man who goes a journey finds, as he jogs on, that every mile he goes brings him nearer where he is going and farther from where he started. I am not so young as I was once, and I don't believe I ever shall be if I live to the age of Samson, which heaven knows as well as I do I don't want to, for I wouldn't be a centurion or an octagon and survive my factories and become idiomatic by any means. But then there is no knowing how a thing will turn out till it takes place, and we shall come to an end some day, though we may never live to see it. There was a smart tap on the looking-glass that hung upon the wall, followed instantly by another. "'Gracious!' said she. "'What's that? I hope the glass isn't fractioned, for it is a sure sign of calamity, and mercy knows they come along full fast enough without helping them by breaking looking-glasses.' There was another tap, and she caught sight of a white bean that fell on the floor, and there, reflected in the glass, was the face of Ike who was blowing beans at the mirror through a crack in the door. 21. As for the Chinese question, said Mrs. Partington reflectively, holding her spoon at present, while the vapour of her cup of tea curled about her face, which shone through it like the moon through a mist, it is a great pity that somebody don't answer it, though who, under the canister of heaven, can do it with such letters as they have on their tea-chests, is more than I can tell. It is really too bad, though, that some linguister doesn't try it, and not have this provoking question asked all the time, as if we were ignoramuses, and did not know too long from no strong, and there never was such a thing as the seventh commandment, which heaven knows suits this case to a T, and I hope the breakers of it may escape, but I don't see how they can. The question must be answered, unless it is like a cannon-drum to be given up which nobody of any spirit should do. She brought the spoon down into the cup, and looked out through the windows of her soul into celestial fields peopled with pigtails that were all in her eye, while Ike took a double charge of sugar for his tea, and gave an extra allowance of milk to the kitten. End of Partingtonian Patchwork